following podcast may contain a shitload of popular profanity. Live from Mighty Trapdoor Mansion, high atop Tent Hill, it's We Talk Games Video Power Magazine, featuring Frank Hemblin, Horace Pengrove, William Bentley III, with Stinky the Game Master, T.T. Schmootkins, Tishka Honeypot, Alex Greenspan, and Cut Cockbirth! And now we talk games! We talk games! Here it comes! Yeah! We talk games! Cool bullshit and energy! It's always rebels on top, baby! But we keep the format anyway! T.T. Schmook is a robot sex bot Stinky stinks so bad he smells We take turns choosing the games that we review Even Mario's Hotel! Come on, characters, nobody likes you! Let desire fuel your confidence! The final week of Monday Morning Stinkball for We Talk Games. I'm Kyle Von Kubik. And I'm Don E. Capcom. Now, John, I know you're stoked. It's the fourth and final installment of our sports-centric month. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people out there are also looking forward to seasonal affective disorder not ruining their lives as much anymore now that the sun comes back. <laughs> and this uh, week we're talking about 1990s Hit the Ice by yeah. Taito. The kids always like to have spoiler alerts on stuff these days, but the end of my notes here say, shit the ice. <laughs> and, uh, that tells you how I feel about the game. <laughs> now, because of the events of last week's episode, Wiggly has been uh, penalized for 30 minutes. He's going to be hanging out in the penalty box, but we'll check in with him uh, shortly to get this week's making mechanics as well as the pro player tip. Do you guys uh, call the, the penalty box the sin bin as well? Sure, we'll call it that. No, I just I wondered. I always liked that as a term. The sin know? bin, huh? Yeah. Never heard that before. Oh, well, maybe if you were more Catholic, you'd know. <laughs> so obviously, Hit the Ice is a hockey video game. I got my months mixed up. I thought this was going to be a hockey-based fighting game. Which it kind of is. It kind uh, of is. is. There's some fighting going on. This is a very simplified hockey. It's a three versus three. Uh, you have a, what they call a defense lineman, but he's not. He's, it's just, you have two forwards and a goalie. Yeah. It's kind of a dressed up version of Pong, which I guess (laughs) would be like the earliest evolution stage of video games and ice hockey being together. Would you agree? Yeah. I have a big question because you got to understand there's a lot of foreigners out there to you. You know, for, for people foreign in relation to America, shall we say, like myself. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we just got, we've, like, there's questions that people have sent me in to ask about hockey. Yeah. Uh, main one Was John Madden actually a good hockey player? He was a fantastic hockey player, but not as good as Don Money. Don Money is the king of all sports. A lot of people think it's Bo Jackson. They are fools. Don Money is the man. If it wasn't for that hamstring injury, he would have been the greatest hockey player of all time. How many of the Mighty Ducks went on to have pro careers? 
You know what? Drugs got involved in that situation. It's a little dark. We don't like to talk about it. Well, I suppose that's what happens when you let Joe Jackson manage your team. <laughs> and on that note, let's check in with Wiggly in the penalty box for this week's Making Mechanics. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. This is Wiggly Weaver here at the Penalty Box at the We Talk Games Video Power Magazine Arcade Weekly Arcade Video Game Review Show. It's a beautiful day for the making mechanics, not a cloud in the sky. 150,000 people jammed in here waiting for the hit the ice making mechanics. And here I go. And I will go, but I won't be doing my Doodles Weaver imitation from Spike Jones' Dance of the Hours with Doodles Weaver. Doodles Weaver, fascinating person, 100% video game talk, 0% filler. Hey, if you want to find out about the making mechanics of this here game, well, listen to last week's episode, and I'll tell you about the over-the-top wacky sports making mechanics, and then you just plug them in right here. So you put your carbon paper on top of your iPod, and you trace over those, or you can use a mimeograph if you have one of those laying around. But I'm going to start with 1972. Ralph Bear and his crew. 1972. We're talking, here is Hit the Ice in 1990. 1972, Ralph Bear created hockey for the Odyssey, the original Odyssey. Now, I don't know if there were octopuses thrown on the ice or anything else because you're just two giant blocks and then a, a tiny block that you kick around. Depending on what overlay things that you put on your screen, I think they were 19 inch. I can't recall if it was standardized or not. Maybe you had two sizes. I don't know. But you could also play tennis. You could play football. Yep. Two giant blocks and one little block, football. Or you can play analogically, you know, sports. that in. I didn't hear Kyle do that, but then again, I am in the penalty box and people are cheering and yelling. That's a lot of work. Probably wasn't any octopuses on the ice unless you would take your poster paints and paint a little octopus over on that overlay. This is Doodles Wiggly back here again at the We Talk Games Video Power Magazine Arcade Weekly Arcade Review Show Hit the Ice Arena. Now all the players are skating around the rink. Here comes Battleship Boyd. He went by. Here comes Bo Cleveland. He went by. Here comes Bendover. He went by twice. Dickie Fontaine's now in the lead. All eyes are glued on Dickie Fontaine. Looks very funny with all those eyes glued on him. And oh, there's a wreck. There's a wreck in the far corner. Dickie Fontaine's up the wall. He's down the wall. If he's not careful, he's going to hit that wall. Please don't hit that wall. He hit it. Ladies and gentlemen, there's been a small accident in the far corner involving 37 players. So now it's back to me with the making mechanics. I'm not going to go into the wacky types of sports. Once again, listen to the previous episode for that type of rundown. But I will mention one game that's kind of wacky, and I want you to forget it immediately after I mention it to you. But it came out in 1983, and it was called Hawker. Hawker by Eastern Micro. And uh, it's, it's Mr. Do Breakout Hockey and Bubble Bobble. And I want you to forget about it immediately. But I did want to mention that it was a wacky hockey game. Not in this violent, over-the-top, cartoony type of sense, but just in its bizarreness. 1984, we actually had a lot of hockey games, most likely because of the 1984 Winter Olympics that were held in Yugoslavia. And you'll never guess who won in that communist country. Soviet Union, number one, one of the greatest hockey leagues of all time. But it's followed by Czechoslovakia, Sweden, and Canada didn't even place it. came in fourth and the uh, United States in seventh. So I don't know why Soviet Union is in, well, maybe that's why it's red versus blue. But then red is the United States and hit the ice and blue is Canada, the Canadian blue balls, I guess. 
1984, we saw Bullfighter by Alpha. This was a top-down, where you're going up and down the screen, but it's a vertical positioning of the monitor. What's interesting about this is you had a cursor, they called it, but it was just a big rectangle on top of your player that you were controlling. And uh, it did contain speech. And a lot of these hockey games will contain speech. Now, Hawker didn't, as far as I know. But then again, I don't know what Hawker is. 1984, we also saw Bally come out with a game, which was Hat Trick. Now, this was a one-on-one -on -one fancy pong. You had air horns, and you had the crowd sounds, and I think there was like a grunt in there. But it was basically one-on-one. -on -one. Instead of paddles, you had hockey players. And then the goalies were rounded paddles. 1984, you also saw Data East jump in on the ice hockey craze, all three games, ice hockey craze, and their game was called Fighting Ice Hockey. It also had a cursor over your figure, and it's really the first game that I saw where you could body check or slide into your opponents, and you would get called for roughness. And of course, we would see the first popular slogan. I'm not sure if this is a worldwide slogan or just Japanese. When you score a goal, it's of course, get. So you got your get in here. And of course, this was released in the arcade on the Daddy East Deco cassette system. Very famous cassette systems, actually on audio cassettes. Some of the most popular Data East Deco cassette system games, of course, Boulder Dash, and of course, Disco Number One. So if you have 150 seconds to wait before you want to play this fighting ice hockey, uh, then you get that. It's a top-down vertical game, and it probably won't work. <laughs> We're still not at 1990, would hit the ice, but that was 1984, and then took a three-year break, and 1987 Blades of Steel came out. One of the neat things about Blades of Steel, and I think also about fighting ice hockey, was that you can put the team name in before you start. You only had three letters, so your team better have been named Ass. Or Tit, I guess. 1987 Blades of Steel, you know it from the NES, but it was also an arcade game, and it had full commentary, and it was wonderful digital voice emulation. You had checks, you had fights. It was a semi-side view, but it was a vertical game. So here you have, like, the opposite. 1988 Namco came off with Face Off. Looks like a step back from Blades of Steel. This one, you could either have three players on the ice or five players on the ice, so that's kind of neat. And if you want to gain control of the puck, you keep the button pressed down, which I think is a neat mechanic that I would have liked to have seen used not just for your power shots, but maybe in other games as the way to keep control of the puck. It was top-down. You had voice in there. It was Japanese voices. You had cheerleaders. And you also had Japanese word balloons. So this was all in with the Japanese, a very Japanese game. It's horizontal and most likely it'll be upside down for you <laughs> when you start. Uh, you'll know that when the cheerleaders are standing on the roof jumping towards the floor. Now this is top down, but it's a horizontal game. The reverse of that there, then there. Then of course in 1990, we had hit the ice and I have to bring up 1995's two on two open ice challenge by Midway. It's two on two. It's gonna give you more of the feeling like a jam or like a blitz series. 
there is an octopus on the ice, but it doesn't match the fun factor of either of those two. And those are your arcade making mechanics. I hope to bring up some of the really neat console titles with the blow blare blips. And it's Doodles Wiggly back here at the arena for sudden death, and it's coming down. Phil Bunger is here. P38, how'd that get in the game? And here comes Ivan Yakashev. He's going to make the final goal. The crowd is going wild. Here he comes, and here he goes, and there it is. The winner. All right, stay strong, Wiggly. Uh, so, John, this is a horizontal uh, scrolling screen uh, of ice hockey. Like I said, three on three. What'd you think? The game itself was okay, but the business practice within was kind of shitty. Right. I thought that this was probably one of the earliest examples of microtransactions. Yes. What is it, two minutes per credit? Yeah, it's the same thing that happens in the arcade version of 2020 Super Baseball Mm -hmm. and other games like that where it's like, yeah, you pay for time. Which I'm okay with that idea, but here's how I think you improve upon that business model. And maybe because they're just, you know, greedy bastards, they would never consider this. But it's fine to give me a two-minute time limit because you got to turn over the machine, right? It's about real estate and making money within that square footage of that cabinet. That's cool. I understand the business model of it. But if I score a goal, can you at least give me 30 seconds to the clock? I think yeah. that would at least be appreciated, but the monetization of the uh, power drink yes, was, the, uh, was something that I'm like, oh my gosh, this is Smurf Berries 20 years ago. I have expected Dr. George Zahorian to hand you your uh, power drink. That's an obscure reference for all you steroid fans out there. <laughs> I guess we're jumping ahead a little bit. Let me just get into this power drink. So in between periods, there's an opportunity to buy a power drink to enhance your player, make them stronger and faster on the ice. You use actual credits to buy that drink. That was incredible. Yeah. And real uh, scummy, I guess. Yeah. It just came off real scummy to me. It makes the game easy. No two ways about it. Like you all of a sudden are faster and stronger than everything on the thing, but you are paying triple double. Like first of all, you know, after ten seconds they're probably gonna ask you to pay for another period or whatever. Mm-hmm. If you played by periods it'd be one thing. No, it's two minutes. Yeah, that's it. You yeah, get it's two like, minutes per credit. You don't get through a period before you have to pay again to continue. Yeah, I believe it's two credits per period you have to pay. Uh, I don't know if you ever played Super Psychics on the Neo Geo. No. That had a thing where if you weren't winning by half time, then you had to pay on. And I think other games had something like that. But this game, no. You know, you should just be happy for the privilege of being able to pay for it. Like, yeah, that, <laughs> that, I could, you know, that goes back to what I was uh, talking about. Like, I'm fine with the business model as long as if I'm paying actual money, there's actual reward. There's no reward to playing this game. It's a simplified version of hockey, and it's kind of that in-between where you definitely see the influences of baseball stars. And this yes. is a year prior to Super Baseball 2020. So yes. it's that in-between where they were trying to go for that cartoony, arcadey feel. Even the music in it, when you first start the game, where it's it's like um, sampling the voice from the game. Where like well, the yeah. baseball stars, star, that oh, game. Oh, I do, yeah, yeah. So this game has something similar, where it's like, why I order, why I order? And I'm like, all right, this is cool. I'm thinking this is going to be very similar to the SNK titles. And it's kind of that in-between stage. 
It's not quite the Super Baseball 2020, but it's not the baseball stars either. It's that in it's between. Somewhere in between that and double dribble. Yes, yes. The game is a two-team game, so you could either be red or blue. It is four players simultaneous, and you have a very limited roster of guys that you can pick, and they all pretty much play the same way. The only difference between each guy, particularly with the forwards, is how they go about attacking other players. So some will hook the legs, some will do like a butt thump a la Mikey, others will just do a, a straight up punch to the, the jaw, going back to Haymaker Holiday. But there's not really a huge difference between them other than their animations. Because of that, I was kind of left wanting more. It's not a very deep game. The way they advertise it, they're like reds versus blues. Uh, player one is red, player two is blue. Uh, but there's also like the American and Canadian flags are hanging up. Yes. And I was kind of going, okay, which one is which? <laughs> as far as red and blue? Yeah. Yeah, it's I pretty mean, tough. Would the Canadians be the reds? Because like no blue in Canada no flag, at all. Yeah. I think that's a safe assumption. Player one, you end up playing as the, the red team. Yes. And you mix and match the players. and The things you do in the game would never happen in actual hockey, which is nice. There's no penalties. There is lots of fighting, though, and you can uh, knock a player out, and they'll be stunned for a few moments to give you a little bit of the edge. You have more men on the ice. Yeah, and you can knock them into the glass and smash the glass. And yes. That's the, one of the things I did like about this game. Like, weird shit happens in it. Oh, yeah, it's very um, cartoony in its design direction. The ref having the wobbly Jimmy Jelly Legs. Yeah, <laughs> Jelly got, Legs Mick, yeah. Yeah, Jelly Legs Mick. He's got, he's got the wobbly knees when he drops the puck and then zooms back over to the side. You can destroy the glass. Um, you can do a power uh, shot where you knock the goalie into the net and the net goes against the backboards. There's also a super shot that you can do. What is good to do in this game is the game will teach you how to play if you're paying attention. Before the period, it'll show you a couple of slides to show you how to pull off some moves, which is appreciated. This is a two-button game with an eight-direction joystick, but you can pull off some interesting moves with that limited control panel. You just need to know how to do it as far as how to pull off the moves where you need to be for the super slap shot. You know, you go behind the net, you pass to the computer player or your, your fellow player on your team, and then they go for the. Sh- you tell them to go for the shot, and it. it has a little bit of English on it, which that's cool. That's appreciated in the game. It's definitely a comparable hockey game and a good entry-level game for first-time players and people who maybe aren't familiar with the sport and get hung up in the uh, different positions or defense models and things like this. It's very bare-bones game, uh, very arcadey, but it's getting there. It's getting there, brother. It's just not over the fence. But they were I think they were still learning on how to how to take a sports game and give it that arcadey spin that we would see later on in a lot of S and K titles. Somewhere between a sim and like NBA Jam. Yes. Where NBA Jam uh, I guess like double dribble is closely related to this game. Because mm-hmm. I believe Sam people made it, right? Well, yes. I you had Williams publishing it. But very similar style of game. You know, in that, I mean, obviously, one's hockey and one's basketball. But, like, you know, a bit rough and tumble, fans throwing shit at you, stuff like that. 
Yeah, later on in the in the game uh, during the periods, fans will throw a beer bottle and it'll break on the ice. They'll throw yeah. a hot dog, and uh, they are little obstacles in the way. One of the weirder things for me was like I just kept on hearing all this bass rumbling going on. I didn't know what was happening. Mm-hmm. It's just like rrr, 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 and I was like, "Is Cthulhu involved here somewhere?" <laughs> and then. A squid came out of nowhere and landed on one of my players' faces. Oh. <laughs> yes, that can happen in this uh, game. I was like, oh, okay, this game just got way more interesting. <laughs> yeah. You have to pay to play, but later on in the game, things do definitely get a lot more interesting. The first period is pretty, like, standard affair for a three-on-three hockey game. But then, you know, by the third period, this is where you're going to see some of the hazards get dumped onto the ice and the weirdness of the squid. I don't understand the connection of the squid. Again, this is uh, developed by Taito, so maybe it's that Japanese sensibility coming in where they're thinking, okay, yeah, ice. Ice is water. Water is squids. This completely makes sense. Uh, yeah. It, was it Taito made it? Yeah, Taito developed it. Williams published it. Okay, because it looks a lot like a Williams game. It's got a very Western feel. I agree with the art style. It's not arch rivals looking, but it's yeah. close. Do you know what it reminded me of? It was Micro Machines. I could see that as far as the art direction is concerned, definitely. Yeah. I'm not sure which came first. The, the characters are very squatty and pushed in. They do look very Western. It was developed by Taito. It's probably a partnership of some kind. I do know that Taito released it in Japan. Sure, even was a Capcom release, the Grand Theft Auto games in Japan, so it's... Yeah. The character design, while we're on the subject, interesting. You got your ethnic stereotypes happening, which is yes. very popular with the Japanese. Um, and they're goofy. They're goofy-looking characters. There are 12 characters in total. Uh, some are spoofs of actual hockey players. Others are just sort of insensitive racial stereotypes. The one that stood out to me the most was Al Giliano. Yes. And he's got the slick back hair and the uh, the Ray-Bans. Is that how you'd pronounce that? Because there's an extra G in there, isn't there? It would be Giliano. Because I was like, Jig Gigliano. It's Al Guido. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I actually picked him because he looked the most like a human. Yeah. <laughs> I figured that was a good start, you know? Yeah, you didn't pick the cat who looked like Bruiser Brody? No, I didn't. First of all, I was there going, picking two players, but then there was three players on my team, and I was getting all kind of messed up, like, you know? Yeah. But uh, no, I went with him, and because uh, I was just like, he looks like what Spider Rico from Rocky should look like with a name like Spider Rico. <laughs> I know that's obtuse reasoning there, but, you know, yeah. fair with. <laughs> I'll follow it. As far as a, an entry-level action arcade sports title, I think this is a good start for people. Like, if you're a fan of baseball stars or, or, or baseball 2020, I derive a lot of pleasure out of those games, but it always left me wanting more from other sports games of that type of genre. Like, I wanted a hockey game through that prism. I wanted a football game through that prism. So when doing the research and and trying to find games for this month, we were looking for titles where it wasn't your sports fan who'd be playing this game. You know, if you're a fan of NHL 15, this game is going to be so many steps back from what you're used to playing. But for somebody who likes the arcadey type of sports games, like a Mutant League football or like an SNK baseball game, 
I think this is going to hit those notes for you. I think it's it's simple enough to pick up and play. It's got enough depth where you don't feel like you're underwater with it. You can follow it easily, and you'll get some satisfaction out of it. For me personally, I actually prefer ice hockey on the NES a little bit more than this, despite this having a better polish to it. Coming out a few years late, uh, later than it, you know, it has better sound and better graphics. That game to me is the embodiment of a perfect arcade style hockey game. Problem is, except for the Play Choice 10 cabinet, which I don't really consider an arcade machine, that never came out. I would be a big fan of Activision Ice Hockey. I don't know if you ever played that one from the Atari 2600. Yeah, yes. I, I was I wondering if that's what you were talking about. Yeah, I love Activision Ice Hockey. I remember I played it when, I think when I was around 17, for the first time, it was on like one of these plug-and-play, you know, pirate NES. Yes, yes. I remember just kind of, you know, I was 17, I hated everything. Right. You know, and I was just like, a fucking ice hockey, who'd ever play that, you know? And then I was like, sure, I'll see what it's like anyway. And I started playing it, and I was just like, it's so simple, but so much fun. Right. You and a goalie, and you control both of them at the same time, more or less. Sport, in general, is quite simple anyway. Right. It's score more points and defend when you can. It all and boils it, down to Pong. It does. And like when you look at Pong, it's, it, is, it, is, it is the distillation of tennis. Right. Although it actually is kind of more like hockey when you think about it. Kind of like air hockey. Yeah. It's score more points, and that is like the most simple kind of game you can, you can have. Right. You know? That's why sport always translated pretty well. It didn't matter how strong the hardware was at the time. You can sit there and play and really enjoy, in my opinion, um, Activision Ice Hockey. But I couldn't see myself sit down, sitting down to play in the HL 2015. Uh, I tried. <laughs> I tried very, very hard to play it after playing this game, and I couldn't wrap my head around it. And I'll be honest with you, even the, the 90s NHL games on the Mega Drive, mm-hmm. They were a bit kind of beyond me as well. I was just like, I actually, I remember enjoying the PlayStation version. Okay. Yeah, unless you kind of understood the sport, it's kind of hard. Right. To get in there, to in a more simulation era. You, you don't really need to understand anything about ice hockey other than score more points. You know, there's room for both. I just think that the arcade sensibility of sports titles needs to come back. Because I think these sports games, as as they are, I'm not talking about video games, I'm talking about the actual sport, there are mechanics of the game that make it so it is something worth playing. The game theory is there to build an actual game, so clearly, if it can be translated well enough, then it's going to work in a video game. The thing is, there are a lot of people out there that don't need that simulation. They want to derive the pleasure of taking a slap shot, doing a slam dunk. Now, whether that slam dunk sets the rim on fire or the field goal makes the stadium explode, this is the gradient that we can go. And I'd like to see more arcade titles, contemporarily speaking, for different types of sports games. I'm kind of shocked at the limited amount of ice hockey games that have that SNK sensibility about them. Because, you know, when I was looking through the list, this really is the only one that jumps out at me that has that SNK sensibility to it. I would figure this type of sport would lend itself very easily to the the SNK sensibility, more so than baseball. Yeah, it's weird because hockey's notorious for having brawls, isn't it? Yeah. 
like like you mentioned Bruce Brody. I'm surprised there isn't like a Japanese produced ice hockey game where it's like wrestlers versus rock stars or something. That would be awesome. Do a lariat. Yeah, you like Stan Hansen on one team and then you've got like fucking Axel Rose on the other. Yeah. I'd love to see Stan Hansen kick the shit with Axel Rose, but that's another podcast. <laughs> it is kind of strange, like, um, that it wasn't exploited more. Like, the hockey itself wasn't exploited more. I can only Maybe chalk that up to the, the sports not popular in Japan. Whereas baseball, especially in the 90s, was a sport that the Japanese got behind. Whereas, oh, still today, you know, they have a, a full time league there. Like, uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. So, but I, I think something like ice hockey and even more uh, obscure to the world outside of North America, football, I think that that's why there are so few, particularly today, arcade style games of those sports. Outside of America, we call. Uh, at American football. Yeah. So well, the English are calling it gridiron now, which is stupid. Yeah, well, see, that's because it's not football, is it? Mm. Like, it's not really a gridiron either. No. There's a little bit of mystique there. If it's American football, it's a bit foreign and a bit exotic. It's a little bit easier to sell. Whereas hockey. Hockey to us means field hockey. Right. Which means a bunch of kids running around with big yellow plastic sticks trying to batter a ball. You know, it's like a shit version of hurling. Like, <laughs> on top of that, there's not a culture of supporting it. I mean, if you want to, if your kids want to play American football, well, guess what? All they need is a square of grass, like you know, right, and a ball. Yes, it doesn't get that cold here. <laughs> sure, sure. There isn't an ice culture, so to speak. Right. Maybe in Scandinavia, it'd do well. Mm. You know. The land of always winter being as it is. Yeah. It's weird why these little things never catch on. And on top of that, maybe it's like all about having the developers themselves engaged as well. Like, you know. Sure. What's interesting is the game, when you're playing it, has that. And I don't know if you've ever been to an ice hockey game. Um, no. But when you're at an ice hockey game, there are these moments of silence where you're just watching the game, and the game conveys that, well, probably because of hardware limitations, but when you're on the actual ice, there is no music playing. You just hear the the skates going, and the crowd mumbles a little bit. There's no real big noise until you make that goal, which is very similar to watching an ice hockey game. You're watching the game, you hear the rumblings of the crowd, but it's this sort of muted rumble. And you can hear the the ice being you know crushed underneath the skates, and until you hear that goal, that's where the the music goes off, the alarm goes off, which I thought was interesting. I totally chalk it up to being a limitation of the hardware, but it read well for what the sport is. This game is good for people who enjoy ice hockey on the Nintendo or Blades of Steel. Maybe some people who checked out after the '90s NHL games. There are some people who are into the simulations who also like the arcadey type of hockey, and I think they'll enjoy this as well. Is it my favorite arcadey sports title? No. Do I think it does an, a comparable job? Yeah. Do I think it's shit the ice? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it's the worst hockey game I've played. Well, I was just playing, and I was annoyed having the press start every two seconds. Like I've played... More fun games that didn't treat me as poorly. <laughs> sure. Shall we say. You I would know, disparage it, this game more if I was actually playing it in an actual arcade. 
and not emulating it because yeah. I probably wouldn't have sat through, uh, you know, as many periods if I was spending real cash. And I most certainly wouldn't have bought that energy drink if I had to put in actual money. I probably would have got my two minutes out of it and walked away. It, what really simulates quite well is being fucked by tax. <laughs> yeah. Going along, doing your thing. I say, like, no, here's, we need more money. Do you plan on living longer? More tax, please. <laughs> what surprised me about this game is that, and while I think it's a comparable game, I couldn't believe the amount of ports it had. It had a Super Nintendo port, it had a Mega Drive port, it had a Game Boy port, and it had a TurboGrafx-16 port. It also had a NES version that was not released commercially, but had like an RPG element. Now, what I find from the home ports of, of these things is they do add more teams than red and blue, but basically they just divvy up the roster into colors so you're not selecting players. Yeah. Um, and of the ports that I've seen, believe it or not, the Genesis actually runs better and, and sound-wise is better than the Super Nintendo. I guess the blast processing works well for uh, Hit the Ice. <laughs> it's a Genesis type of game as well, though. Yeah. I agree with that. NBA Jam was a Genesis type of game, too. I can see Phil Collins loving it, like, but... <laughs> you know. These games are very much of their time. Not disconnected enough from games like this to get the kind of kitschy, weird retro feel that someone who wouldn't have been around might get from it. Right. You know, probably the same as when you're watching a film from the 80s or something, like, Breaking... And you're just like, look, these fuck. This is a mental version of the world that someone put on screen. We were kids playing these games. You wouldn't bat an eyelid, right? At weird stuff like this, like you know. It's only you know, time gives it a a, a more just a kind of a crazier bent, like you know. They needed more squids. Yeah. If the squids were coming but, in right off the bat, I think it would have hooked us a little earlier, you know. This is in the same time as when, like, if you remember uh, International Track and Field. Yes. Where you could throw the javelin up perfectly vertically and you'd hit a UFO. <laughs> yes. You know, when video games themselves were, were more cartoony, because that was kind of what, in some places, that's what they were reaching for, was that kind of cartoony look. That kind of reached its zenith with uh, Dragon's Lair. Yeah. Look, it's like a cartoon, and then you... Yeah, that's because it is a cartoon. <laughs> yeah, you're not actually playing a game. The cartoon look of the sprite art played to the hardware well. It also played to the audience well. I guess that was the driving uh, you know, factor behind that. Speaking of the artwork, we, we talked about it briefly, about it looking very Western, but there are little things that uh, I was impressed with. I, I particularly like the reflection of the players on the ice, yeah. which because I played NHL 15 after playing this, I noticed that NHL 15 does not have a reflection of the players on the ice. It just has a shadow. In the real world, is there reflections of the players on the ice? Uh, a little bit. You see a little bit of haze. I, I think the game plays it well, where it's not like a, a mirror or a piece of glass. It's sort of this distorted reflection, and I, I think that's pretty impressive. I'm trying to think back uh, the last actual hockey game I went to if I saw a reflection in the ice. Probably not. <laughs> Probably just a shadow, but it doesn't matter. I want some reflection happening. Okay, no, I'm just making sure. I know you. Ha I know you had a very important hockey game to get to recently. Yes, I thought you'd know. Yeah, you my know? seats weren't that good where I was right on top of the I'm ice. I'm surprised you didn't have to report to the local constabulary and give a fucking blow by blow account based on what you told me you traveled away there. Yes, <laughs> so I was grilled at the border uh, going into Canada recently. But um, 
Yeah, the only I, reason anyone would go into Canada for hockey. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and less wholesome endeavors as well. Uh, oh, yeah. But anyway, I think this is a nice oddity for people. It's definitely worth a, a few minutes of your time at least to play once just to see this sort of evolution of arcade sports games. Because, you know, this is a game that, like we said, is that in-between stage. All right, well, let's check in with uh, Wigs and uh, get this week's pro player tip. All right, here's your blow blare blips. Doodles Wiggly has left the building. I have secreted myself away under 17 tons. 17 tons, that's right, of dirty hockey jerseys. I don't mind. There's not a lot of cheats. In fact, there's no cheats for the arcade version. However, there are a lot of blow blare blips. First blow blare blip I will give you. Talk to the arcade custodian and maybe give him a little handy. He might set the game pricing on the dip switch table A. Five to on and six to on, and that will make your one quarter give you six plays. Also, if you're willing to do a little bit extra on the dip switch table B, ask him to put one to on, two to off. And that will give you a game difficulty of A. Normally you start at rank B, that's the default. It can go all the way up to D, which if you played it on B, you play it on D, you're going to get the D because you're going to lose. <laughs> and there's a lot of other dip switch settings. Please see your hit the ice kit manual for those additional settings. One thing you can do is when you go to pick your team members, you're first going to pick your goalie. Take a look at them, see which animation you like to get hit in the face with a puck the best, but then to choose your front players, hover over each one for a short period of time to see what type of damage they're going to do to your opponent. Some of them will give them a drop kick, a couple of them will jump up in the air and whack them in the neck with their stick, and uh, such things like that there. Now, as Kyle noted, there's not much difference in the damage. However, if you're going to be playing this game, it might as well look good. Now, of course, I loved this game because it was one of my favorite titles on the TurboGrafx-16. And the TG-16, I think, does one of the best ports of this game. Now, it's not the prettiest port. The characters are very small. You don't have any of the ice reflection. You don't have any of the shadow. There's no shadow. The characters are small, but it plays very smoothly. And you can use the TurboTap to play four players at one time, which if you're lucky, you can also find a four-player arcade cabinet. A lot of people complain about the TurboGrafx version. I think it's just as fun when you rip your gloves off to throw down and you just start punching each other in the face. It's just as exciting to me as in the arcade. The Super Nintendo does a cutaway with the Mode 7 and music. It's kind of odd. And the Genesis to me is a bit choppy, but still looks good. Another reason I like the TurboGrafx-16 version better is because that's the first version I played. I thought the pixel cartoon animation was fantastic. When I saw the octopus, and the broken bottles on the ice. I loved it. It wasn't until I saw the actual arcade version that I saw what I was missing as far as graphics go. I also found out that the guy was saying, why I oughta, instead of why I ought. No, I always knew he was saying that. <laughs> but the sample just cut off in the TG-16, which is great. But hey, you could probably pick up the Hue card for about 50 cents for two, I think. So uh, why not pick that up for your Turbo Express? There are two console titles I do want to mention, and they both feature the great Gretz, Wayne Gretzky, and the NHLPA All-Stars. I want to mention the Genesis version because this is going to be most like a souped-up version of the good NES games, like Ice Hockey and like Blades of Steel. 
Although the rendering of the characters is going to look more realistic, their actions are more cartoony and actually give you that Neo Geo feel because you have the little boxes that pop up when you make a goal or you have a foul or uh, other shit happens. I don't know. Wayne Gretzky Hockey for the Genesis might give you a fun play and a nice balance between emulation and stimulation. And probably the most surprising thing about Wayne Gretzky for the Genesis or the Mega Drive, is that this was a game that was released by Time Warner. So, uh, normally, it's good luck when you see Time Warner on your game. In this case, this is one of the few sports titles that I own for the Genesis. I own the Madden with the Meat Wagon. I own the Wayne Gretzky Hockey. I have the Mutant League Football and the Mutant League Hockey. And I think that's about it for the Gen. The other title I was talking about was Wayne Gretzky's 3D Hockey. Now, this hockey game's in 3D, <laughs> and it was for the Nintendo 64, and it's an okay game. Uh, you know, your Nintendo 64 is going to be blocky any type of 3D game you're going to play. However, because hockey gear, like what I'm under, is usually very blocky with all the pads and the elbows and the things and the shirts and the guys and the men and the lights and the camera and action. It sort of makes sense. Plus, there's an arcade mode and there's tons of things that you can figure like no fouls because you'll get so sick of offsides, it'll be insane. Now, this was released by Williams Entertainment by both Atari and Midway and it features all the Midway gimmicks you're going to get from the big heads to the skinny bodies, extra teams and all different things by pressing a mass of buttons, usually involving holding down one of the buttons and then pressing the C buttons around and A and B and whatnot. You can find out all those codes on GameFAQs online, but it's pretty fun to play with the big heads. There's also a code to have fights quite often, although the fights aren't very spectacular on this title, but seeing the fights with the big heads is kind of funny. This was also in the arcade and has all those voices you would expect from a Midway sports game. February 7th is also coming up, so get ready with the media and the fun and the good times. And don't forget, this feed here, the We Talk Games feed, is also featured on GiantMediaBall.com. You can find Giant Media Ball in the iTunes Music Store. Subscribe to that, and what you'll get is, for starters, everything that the Wiggly is involved with when I touch it, it goes in there. One-stop shop, one feed for all the things that I'm involved with. And now we will be expanding. There will be more We Talk Games related programs. There will be video game shows by other podcasters. And we hope to build a nice little stable of things. And there will be exclusives. And there will be feeds like ours, which will both appear in our We Talk Games feed as well as the Giant Media Ball feed. So go to GiantMediaBall.com and check the schedule. February, you'll start to see a lot of population going on there. And that's it for Blow Blair Blips. Let's give our hints for next week's game. My clue for next week is, after watching Monkey Shines, maybe the little bastards deserve it. Uh, my clue is, at least it wasn't a school. Oh my god. <laughs> All right. Wow. All right. Um, hold your letters off until, until next week. I don't think it's going to make it any better. Because of John's clue. Here's T.T. Schmookins with next week's audio clue. Hello, I am T.T. Schmookins. Here is next week's We Talk Games, Video Power Magazine, Arcade Weekly, Arcade Game Audio Clue. Good luck, dudes.
For We Talk Games, I'm Kyle Von Kubik. I'm Johnny Capcom. See you next week. Clown, Jared G.